The parents blow up, and evil exists because of something to do with free will. This is spoilers. Welcome to Spoilers. We're ruining the world of cinema, one movie at a time. Uh, this time we're doing the 1981 film Time Bandits. Uh, we got a limited crew today. So I'll let you two introduce yourself, uh, say your name, where you're recording from, and if you go back to any time in history, when would you go? Uh, Mikey, we'll start with you. Uh, my name is Mikey, and I'm recording from my room right now in Elkhart, Indiana. And if I had to choose any time in history... I mean, you have to go back to the Renaissance. The Renaissance it is? So much stuff going on. <laughs> so much stuff. So much vibrance and culture. Exploding. Art. Art and stuff. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, since I kind of jumped in there, I'm Vince from Denver. Um, if I could go back at any time, well, I'm the intern as well, uh, but if I can go back any time, I don't know. This was kind of thrown on me right before the episode started. Um, so kind of just top of my head, I'd say Wild West. So we got Wild West, Wild West, the Renaissance, and my name's Pappy. I'm recording from uh, Minneapolis, and I'd probably have to say I want to go back and see some dinosaurs. Um, the dinos, so I, nice. Yeah, so I'd pick 1991 <laughs> and go back to when Jurassic Park came out. <laughs> <laughs> it's real, by the way. <laughs> but yeah, let's get down to business. Um, I'm pretty We're all business on this show. Yeah, all business all the time. Um, Stevie... Uh, who's normally on the podcast can't be with us today. He's uh, he died. <laughs> He's no longer with us. Yeah, he, but he uh, from his deathbed he did send over a review, uh, which I'll be reading later. So don't let me forget to do that, guys. Um, and his trivia guest. So he'll be with us in in spirit. All right, but yeah. So down to business. Uh, today we're doing Time Bandits. I'm pretty excited to talk about it because I think we have a split camp today. We we haven't had a good debate here on spoilers. Uh, nostalgia versus this movie doesn't hold up at all so a quick synopsis uh kevin is the main protagonist of the movie he's an average 10 year old boy living in england he's mostly ignored by his consumer conscious parents um has a pretty boring life frankly until one night the six time bandits who are randall fidget strutter og wally and vermin come crashing in through his wardrobe there's no way you caught those names with them saying it. Just saying. No, no, I didn't. I only, okay. knew, I only knew the two. Those are their God-given Christian names. <laughs> well, yeah, speaking of that, the uh, short mischief makers are on the run from what they call the supreme being, but I think it's pretty much God. Uh, and they're traveling through space and time using a map that they had stolen from the supreme being. Uh, Kevin kind of gets dragged into their looting through history. Uh, they rob Napoleon, who is played by Ian Holm, who's old Bilbo. King Agamemnon, who's Ooh. played by, yeah, thanks. Who's played by uh, Sean Connery. Uh, they mess up Shelley Duvall's life a couple times, uh, who plays like <laughs> Maid Marian or, or something. Uh, and she's on the Titanic. Dame Pansy. The Dame Pansy. <laughs> Dame Pansy. That's <laughs> her name. That's so funny. <laughs> yep. And they actually uh, wind up in a showdown uh, with a character called Evil, who's the devil for all intents and purposes, played by Dave Warner, in his Fortress of Ultimate Darkness. Uh, they recover the map, vanquish Evil, uh, but then are confronted by the Supreme Being who informs them this was all part of his plan. Uh, Kevin is returned home to find that his room and house are on fire he's rescued by sean connery who uh now is playing a firefighter 
Um, but Kevin finds evidence that his journey was not a dream at all. He has some Polaroid pictures in his pocket. Uh, and then at the last, the very last end of the movie, his parents find a piece of evil. Kevin warns at him to not touch it. They ignore him and blow up. So his parents <laughs> die right in front of him. Credits roll, yep. and kids are supposed to walk If there out wasn't the theater, enough 80s about cheese that. in this movie, when they touched the evil and exploded, was uh, the icing on the cake. <laughs> yep. Uh, this is directed by Terry Gilliam, a Minneapolis native, the only American in uh, wow. Monty Python. Uh, written by Michael Pollan, Palin, I think, and Terry. Uh, both of those were uh, Monty Python members as well. It was rated PG, really limited budget at the time, only $5 million. Uh, it grossed $42 million domestically. The tagline is, they didn't make history, they stole it. <laughs> a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 7 on IMDb, a 60 on Metacritic. Uh, Roger Ebert said, this movie is amazingly well produced. The historic locations are jammed with character and detail. This is the only live action movie I've seen that literally looks like the pages out of a heavy metal magazine. <laughs> Mikey said, I can't wait to tear this movie apart. <laughs> so I guess we'll start there, Mikey. What'd you think about Time Bandits? I hated this movie with a passion. <laughs> uh, first of all, I couldn't understand anything that anybody was saying because the accents are very thick. And I guess uh, all of the the time bandits, they're all played by dwarves or little people. And their voices are even higher than a normal person. And they have very thick accents. I couldn't understand anything. <laughs> So like I got like I got like twenty minutes into the movie and realized that I didn't understand anything that anybody had said. So Monty, when you said that in our group text that we have going, um, it kind of relieved me because I was about twenty minutes into the movie and I was like, did I uh, do I have a bad quality of this recording or because I couldn't understand what they were saying at all either. So I'm really glad to hear someone else at least struggled uh, to get the dialogue. <laughs> so I couldn't catch it either. Uh, and then. The top billed actors in this movie are Sean Connery and John Cleese and Shelley Duvall. And all three of them together are in the movie for a total of like <laughs> Seven 15 minutes. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Sean Connery's part was pretty cool, I guess. I, I guess that was, that was the highlight of the movie for me. And the practical effects are pretty great. It's just I don't really care for these types of movies these like uh these kids movies i don't know i'm not a big fan of kids movies i guess i never was even as a child so i don't know <laughs> you were five years old and watching taxi driver <laughs> yeah <laughs> i i was born i was born a 40 year old man <laughs> i believe that i believe that yeah. Coming from a guy named Pappy, I can definitely respect that. Uh, Vince, what did you think about Time Bandits? Uh, so to be honest, when you did that rundown there about two minutes ago, uh, I finally understood what the movie was about, so that was nice. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I was ragging on. I, was, I watched it last night, and I was texting you guys, making fun of it the whole time. Uh, it was interesting. I would have never, ever in a 12 billion years... Um, even if it was stolen from me or not, amount of time ever watched this movie by myself. But since we did it for this, you know, I was kind of glad that I did. Um, it sucked. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna suggest it. Let me just throw that out there. But, <laughs> but, but it, it, what? It, but I'm not upset that I saw it. I guess so. Whatever that's worth. If you're into watching obscure movies or uh, into any kind of sci-fi, even you know, um, corny '80s sci-fi. Uh, 
then this might be for you. Um, and honestly, there's probably some people that really like it. And I think, Pappy, you might be one of those. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I rated it bad. I didn't like it um, personally, but you know, it, it might be for some people. So um, I wouldn't, you know, <laughs> bury it, but uh, it, it sucked. <laughs> It sucked. <laughs> the thing, the thing with uh, Sean Connery coming back at the end, I was waiting for like John Cleese and Shelley Duvall and everybody else to, and like the, and even the little, dwarves or whatever to show show up back at the end. Like I think, in I think li- let's just put it. I think little people is currently the politically correct term. I believe, um, just to put that out there. Okay, but are they? Correct what are wrong. they in the movie? Are they just regular people, or are they like mythical creatures? I think they might be like mythical dwarves. <laughs> Which would be a creature. Yeah, yeah, they're sort of like gods, like minimum wage, uh, Hatch, disgruntled Hatchmen. employees who like <laughs> they're oompa loompas in yeah. a sense. Yeah. Who, who well, like yeah, if you had like a traditional story of creation, they were like the ones who were like designing the trees or whatever. You know what I mean? Like putting the dots on ladybugs, that kind of jazz. Like little detailed stuff, and we're happy about it. Yeah, I can see that. Well, shoot, I'm uh just this is completely off topic, but I think Drew Pappy, you mentioned that. You know they had a limited budget, and I see there's only about five million, but they grossed forty-two million overall in the United States. Um, that's a pretty nice profit margin there. So maybe you know kids a generation before our age, you know, saw this movie in theaters and uh, would love it. So you know maybe if we had someone you know a little bit older than we are onto the show um, and they remembered it from their childhood, maybe they would absolutely love this movie. Who knows? Well, I can kind of speak to that. So my relationship with this movie was I used to rent it from the library on VHS. <laughs> what? <laughs> that, was, that was a blast from the past sentence. Rented it from the library, VHS. Oh, Sorry, yeah. go ahead. No, go yeah. ahead. And like, yeah, I used to rent, like watch it. I would stay up super late. I never made it past the... Uh, the Age of Legends, so I didn't, I didn't even remember that the uh, parents blew up in the end. That was like kind of a shock for me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, this movie is definitely a classic for me, uh, but watching it now, I can see that there's definitely some major problems with it. Uh, that being said, though, I still think it's a really good, a good movie. Uh, I saw a really good quote from uh, the director and writer, Terry Gillingham, saying that the movie... Was supposed to be intelligent enough for children, but exciting enough for adults. Um, huh. And I, and I, I think that was just interesting. It's really out there for sure. Uh, and I and I think if you didn't see it as a kid, it probably won't work as yeah. an adult, as we've sort of talked about. Uh, but the cast, the the main cast or the, or the cast who comes in and does the cameos does have some pretty funny parts. Um, I thought John Cleese's Robin Hood was hilarious when he's being oh, super. Oh, it was spot on. It was funny. It was kind of uh, you could tell that uh, Gilliam is basically Monty Python, the brains behind it, because uh, it kind of had slapstick kind of Monty Python jokes sprinkled throughout the film. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think one that we were talking about um, when uh, John Cleese is is talking to the different uh, time bandits and he's being so condescending. He's like. I'm sure you're not like like bending down and like saying, and you're a robber, are you? Wow, like that wow. kind of stuff. Yeah, like like talking to them like they're yeah. children. He talks yeah. to one and, and he says, "So how long have you been a robber?" And he goes, four foot one." <laughs> and uh, John, <laughs> and John Cleese just says, "Oh, wow, that's great." <laughs> and uh, there's definitely funny parts, uh, but the movie drags. And I don't know if you guys had a had a least favorite part. Um, 
but mine would definitely be when they got away from the traveling through time part and and got to the that part with the ship was weird right like the whole ogre yeah i hated that yeah, yeah. I mean, do you guys have any thoughts about that? i i honestly don't think i watched well like i was probably like texting or or messing around on my phone during that part because uh, i remember once the giant stood up and then was wearing a ship as a hat and then went to like an island and sat down is this the part you're talking about yeah yep yeah so yeah. once that like went on i think i looked away for about 10 minutes just kind of thinking like what is going on honestly i thought it, the entire movie i thought i was on a bad acid trip um just from the get-go too uh, it was a blast from the past seeing like 80s culture um kind of showing because 80s i felt like were pretty obsessed about like futuristic stuff technology um and kind of like automation in a sense. And the 80s futuristic, future, uh, futurology in the 80s is super annoying, I think. It just like so unreal. And uh, I don't know, it felt like I was tripping or something. Uh, ate, like I ate the, the brown acid at uh, Woodstock or something, I don't know. So you're not a fan of like Back to the Future, the Marty McFly hoverboard type stuff? To be honest, we might have to spoil those because it's been a while since I've seen a Back to the Future, and I would call those classics, uh, but I would hate to see it again and be like, ooh, no, no. So, no, I, I think that's kind of better. I think this went just full cheese, like full, full on 80s futurology, which, you know, I have never spent one day in the 80s. I'm not a time <laughs> bandit myself. Um, born in the 90s, very early 90s, and uh, yeah, I just, uh, you know, I can't really relate to that era, but... You know, maybe maybe people from the 80s might, you know, be like, nah, shit was like that back then, and uh, <laughs> this this was normal. I've heard of this movie before. We watched it, but I didn't know that it was a kid's movie. I figured it was more like a... PG-13, I don't know, maybe? Like, or... Yeah, something like that. And the practical effects are really good. It's just that they're kind of horrifying to look at. Like, the ogre is like... You wouldn't put that in a kid's movie. Like, he's kind of terrifying looking and disgusting and <laughs> stuff like that and yeah i guess that's a good point though i shouldn't hate on like it's 1981 which um i'm not a mathematician but that's over 30 years from from today and uh you know maybe those those weren't terrible uh animations or whatever you call it um and obviously today's cgi just blows that kind of stuff out of the water uh but yeah it probably wasn't terrible for the time it just you know seeing it in 2016 uh, it, it almost feels uncomfortable at some times. Well, you, well, you got to keep in mind, though, too, that this was a shoestring budget that they yeah, made this true. movie on. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. $5 million is nothing. And I think that the one expensive effect sort of that they had was when they were uh, near the, fo the Fortress of Ultimate Darkness and they break that invisible glass wall or whatever with a skull. That's like the really time they had to leverage, I think, any sort of like high-tech animation for the time. The rest of it was just a lot of good old-fashioned camera, camera tricks. Camera tricks. Yeah, yeah I wrote down corners, yeah. when when the boy first uh, meets the uh, seven dwarfs. Is that what is that the uh, movie we're talking about, Snow White? Uh, yeah. when, he first meet, when he first meets those uh, guys in his bedroom, um, you can tell that it's kind of like a low angle with a... Like his bedroom is um, definitely a set, you can tell. Because when they're like pushing the wall back to kind of like go into space and find the uh, portal, um, you can just tell that uh, it's camera tricks of you know um, stuff in the backgrounds way bigger than you know stuff in the foreground to make it look like uh, you're actually in the room when you're not. 
Um, but yeah, I, I could definitely tell some, some camera tricks that were here and there. Uh, not that they weren't done well, um, but that, you know, if you have ever even heard of uh, uh, camera tricks that you probably have ca caught on to them watching it. I read that they had to train the horse for like a couple months to teach it to jump through that wardrobe. I think that was like an INTV <laughs> fact. Are you serious? Yeah, for real. Wow. <laughs> they had to like train it and stuff. I actually remember liking that because that was, this is at the very beginning of the movie. Uh, the boy goes up to bed and um, he's just laying there and a horse jumps through his closet or his wardrobe and just kind of breaks through it. It's kind of funny, but uh, I actually really like that part. Um, surprised it took so long to, to uh, train. At the beginning of the movie, why won't they just let the kid go to bed if he wants to go to bed? Right? Kids never want to go to up? bed. These parents are so <laughs> yeah. weird. So if you want to go to bed, fine, go to bed. Yeah. We're going to stay down here and probably bang or something. Yeah. <laughs> go to bed if you Talk want. Talk about their appliances. That, that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was so weird. Why are they so obsessed with appliances? That part reminded me a lot of uh, the movie and the book Matilda, kind of. Just like the parents who are just watching game shows all the time, not really paying attention to their kid. Well, let's yeah. throw this out here. Why did... I mean, maybe parents still hate their kids, but why do parents hate their kids in the 80s? I feel like that's like a reoccurring theme, <laughs> that was a theme. in film that, like, if you have a kid in the 80s, you hated them. Or you just wanted to, like, you didn't want to be around them. That's, that's my feel from the 80s. And then, then the ending is supposed to justify it because now he's an orphan and he has no house. <laughs> and not only that, so Sean Connery comes back, or, you know, he's time traveling and now he's, uh, um, you know, a, a firefighter when the kid's house burns down at the conclusion of the movie. The kid's parents blow up right in front of Connery, and then Connery winks at him. Like, oh, have a good Connery. one. Like, what? Gotcha. <laughs> so like, Connery finger gun, finger gun points at him like, gotcha, yeah. and yeah. drives off. And it's right. Yeah. <laughs> if they really had the kid's back, you think they would uh, you know, maybe put him under their wing after the parents explode in front of his face. I don't know. <laughs> so a uh, funny fact about the whole uh, Sean Connery appearance, though. Um, when they originally wrote the script, the description that they had written down for King Agamemnon was, he takes off his helmet and Sean Connery, or an actor who we can't afford, is revealed. That's how they <laughs> that was in the script? Yeah. And uh, somehow somebody knew someone and was able to get Sean Connery, but they only had him for like a couple of days. So they did the uh, all of the part in ancient Greece, the, the part where uh, Sean Connery is doing like the cups and shuffling it around and does the magic trick. Uh-huh. That was completely him. He he thought of that on his own. And you know uh, what? I was gonna say that. I just feel like Sean Connery is a super cool dude. But go ahead. He was actually being really helpful. I, I read a couple things that he was helping the uh, director Terry Gilliam uh, with a couple of the shots. It had been a long time since he had directed, and Connery was being super helpful. Um, wow. But what they wanted to do is have in that final battle have Sean Connery come back, and he was the one who was supposed to die. Uh, not the one little time bandit who dies. Um, but they couldn't get him, and their schedules didn't work out, but they still wanted to have, like, have him incorporated with the ending of the movie. So Sean Connery was actually flying back with his attorney to London to talk to his accountant about some tax stuff, I guess. I feel like Brits are always evading taxes, but <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, pretty much that's what they do. But he had a, yeah. <laughs> Panama Papers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But nice they, relevant uh, topic there. I like that. They had him for a couple hours. So what they did is they didn't even have that final scene written. They filmed Sean Connery or, uh, coming into the bedroom, and they filmed the wink. And then they went back and they wrote that scene. They had no idea really what wow. they were going to do with it, but they knew they wanted to have him incorporated back. So that's kind of a, a fun fact, the way that went about. That is a fun fact, and I guess, you know... <laughs> 
since they piece it together like that, it's not so winking at you. Your pants dead. Have a good one. <laughs> it's yeah. more so just kind of thrown together. But yeah, I was waiting for him to fight evil at the end, waiting for him to show up. But I guess scheduling and stuff like that. It, at least they got him in the end, any way they could. Yeah, it made it seem like he was more attached to the film. Because um, like John Cleese, he doesn't come back. Honestly, I don't remember Shelley Duvall at all. Uh, but John Cleese, I, he doesn't come back towards the end. But you know, seeing Connery at that last scene. Uh, really tied it together, I think. I mean, me and Mikey were ragging on uh, that these main characters weren't really in the film at all. Um, but, you know, seeing him at the end kind of gives that illusion of, you know, he's been in the film the entire time. So um, good for them for getting that in. Uh, another fun fact that I have here are that the actors who played the Time Bandits, um, I think some of them went on to do other work. Some of them didn't. Uh, Fidget, played by, I think, Kenny Baker is his name. Uh, he's actually the guy in the R2-D2 suit. He was the one who the pillar fell on. So he's a pretty wow. famous actor. Wow. I wonder how much he got paid for R2-D2. I don't in know. candy bar? <laughs> <laughs> now he lost his job to an actual robot. Yeah. In the new, in the new Star Maybe. Wars. Uh, but it, apparently the Time Bandits did not get along. Um, Randall, the character Randall, who is the main one, uh, I guess he wanted like a ton of close-ups and stuff, and he really was super bossy and mean, and uh, <sighs> they like just didn't get along. And, and the line, really? uh, "Do you want to be the leader of this gang?" Uh, <laughs> no, we agreed no leaders. Then shut up and do as I say. <laughs> yeah, I love that part. That was hilarious. oh man. Yeah, I mean that, but that, I guess that was pretty accurate of their, his personality. And, and I thought that you guys used the term exploitation of the little <laughs> people. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Do you, do you honestly do you think that they were being exploited? Because my absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, the, the quote from but, uh, Terry Gilliam was that he wanted the audience to feel like they were on the same level as Kevin, and that, that Kevin was wow. dealing with people who were like the same height. And a lot of the shots will sort of reflect that too to make it look like it's being shot from the perspective yeah. of someone who's shorter. But sorry, go ahead, Vince. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh no, that's really good. I mean, that's a good question. I, I know we were kind of hating on that or or just poking fun. Um, I would say yes and no. I guess I just said absolutely not, but I would say yes and no. I mean, they could have at least been built higher than... I mean, I don't know how how people are built in Hollywood, but like 10, 10 minutes on-screen time and these these little people, these dwarves are like the stars of the movie and they're all the way at the bottom of the build's yeah, cast. It's kind of weird. Yeah, I think I think uh, David Rappaport, uh, he was the main one, mm-hmm. um, and it looks like he is 2, 4, 6, 8, 10th, 10th build, and that's just the first one of the uh, little people. Um, now, I, I don't know enough about it, but I'm just assuming that there's been exploitation throughout the years of Hollywood with little people. Um, I mean, not to, uh, I, there certainly is in 2016, you know, modern society. And uh, I, I would say back then to a little extent, yes, but um, I like that uh, fact of uh, Gilliam trying to get on. Uh, like shooting it lower and trying to do it out of the perspective of the kid's eyes so like everyone's kind of on the same um, playing field, I guess, if you will. But I I like that. But, you know, I mean, even thinking of (laughs) in Muncie, Indiana, where a beautiful Ball State campus is, um, I believe, Steve, our other... Yep, yep, chirp, chirp. I believe our other uh, uh, co-host that couldn't be with us today, Stevie, um, I believe he said that there is literally... A place called Midget Wrestling, where little people wrestle and drunk college kids go to. Now, I don't know if this actually exists. I haven't seen it, 
But I've heard Stevie say it, and I don't know if uh, it might just be a um, Ball State kind of urban legend joke. But if that's going on, then yeah, there's certainly exploitation still going on today. Um, uh, <laughs> but I, I, th I, I don't know. I mean, why have why haven't we ever tried to go to this? Because it's wrong. Uh, <laughs> because it's wrong. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that, that could be number one. Um, but we could go. You know, maybe uh, 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 do an episode, uh, uh, a spoiler episode after seeing it. Well, apparently, apparently David Rappaport didn't know that his casting was contingent on his height. You know, he thought he was just kind of like being a normal person like you know what i mean like he didn't know he was being like pinned in with these other group of little people um yeah and probably the most the most famous uh use of little people in film was the wizard of oz uh with the the munchkins have you guys ever heard oh, yeah. about the the stuff that went on behind the scenes with that though um maybe are you talking about like the weird urban legend thing where you can like see one of them dead in the background, or are you talking about something no, else? No, that, that's not real. Um, I'm looking at an article which we can share later once we post this podcast uh, from the Mirror uh, UK site. Uh, I'm going to read the uh, title of the article verbatim: "Wizard of Oz secrets, dwarf orgies, drunken brawls, knives, flattened <laughs> boobs, and stars almost killed." Uh, but apparently, the what was going on behind the scenes was just a crazy amount of partying that the uh the munchkin cast was doing wow uh there's a quote here i'm looking at tales of drunken dwarf lovins and an unholy assembly of pimps hookers and gamblers emerged from the culver hotel <laughs> where they were staying during filming uh, i think at one point there was even like a movie made about this but it wasn't very good but uh gnarly wow yeah. i mean it's been a part of hollywood for a long time wow. well let me throw this out here i just did a quick google because i wanted to make sure uh we're being uh decently pc uh, jokes aside, but <clears throat> the Little People of America website says such terms as dwarf, little person, LP, and person person of short stature are all acceptable, but most people would rather be referred to by their name than a label. And I think any minority in 2016, that's all they really want is an equal voice as well as, uh, you know, just be referred to. Every, we're all people, and I think that's what everyone wants. Um, so I think, you know, just me reading that right now, um, I think that says it all would rather be referred to by name than a label. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and it'll be nice when we get to the point where you could be a little person in Hollywood and be in a movie and have your height just be completely arbitrary to the story. You know what I mean? Like, yep. oh, it just happens yep. to be... I mean, a good, a good one, which isn't completely arbitrary to the story, would just be, you know, um, very popular Game of Thrones um, with Tyrion Lannister... Uh, someone, please, please say his real name right now because I can't think of it off the top of my head, but we should give him some credit. Um, Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage. Yeah, but obviously uh, him being um, uh, of short stature um, in, the, in, in the books as well as the TV show is a hu plays a huge part, but he's a main character and a very powerful force on the Game of Thrones, um, which comes out uh, in two, two Sundays from now, which is uh, very excited for that season six. Um, deviating from the books and going with the uh, HBO producers' uh, vision there. That will be fun to watch. But anyways, um, I think you know that's probably the closest I've personally seen um, for a, a, a person of small stature, a little person, um, in a lead kind of role, personally. I, I guess David Rappaport, but um, that was just of last night that I've seen this movie. <laughs> oh, shoot. So you know what? Um, the Devil... 
Uh, and this is complete. I, I go tangents here and there. That's how my brain works sometimes. But um, what, what was the devil's name again? Like uh, uh, evil. What was his name? Evil. evil. Just evil. Uh, um, so he looks just like Mephisto from Marvel's The, uh, the Infinity Gauntlet, um, as well as in other Marvel titles. But just on the IMDb page, uh, that was actually a movie, uh, 1981, Mephisto. Uh, it says user list, so related to Time Bandits, and it's uh, right there, there. But I, I made a note of it because I just finished reading Marvel's Infinity Gauntlet. And uh, basically, he's the right-hand man to Thanos, who uh, tries to collect all the Infinity Gems to become a god and all-powerful. But anyways, I saw that he looked just like the comic book character. Um, and it's funny now that I'm on the IMDb page and see that there's actually a movie and it's related to people that seen Time Bandits. So I wonder if production um, did that on purpose, if it is completely on purpose or kind of like an Easter egg or, or whatnot. But uh, I definitely noticed that. And I, yeah, I, I think the guy who played Evil did a really good job and he was really funny too uh yeah a couple lines uh dear benson you are so mercifully free of the ravages of intelligence and uh another good one i see here is he says something about he feels good and then one of his assistants is like oh i'm sorry master and evil says oh no it'll pass don't worry uh <laughs> yeah uh, he, he had some good like uh one-off jokes yeah we're about 30 minutes in so i say we take a quick uh, commercial break we'll come back with some final thoughts i'll read stevie's review of the movie uh, take a quick vote and then play a trivia game. Woo woo! This is spoilers. Welcome back. Uh, we were talking during the break. Uh, one of the things that I forgot to mention um, was that the movie was financed by George Harrison in part. The Beatle. Yep. Um, so I'm looking at a Mental Floss article written by Roger uh, Cormier. I don't know. Sorry, how to say sorry, Roger. We don't yeah. know how to say your last name. He's, he's, he's <laughs> at Yay Roger on Twitter. If you want to follow him, um, tweet at him. Twitter. Yep, but this uh, the third point of this Mental Floss article is George Harrison mortgaged his office building to finance the film. Uh, no studio wanted to make the movie Time Bandits, so Harrison and O'Brien funded the necessary five million dollars, and uh, obviously it went up to be on went on to be a commercial success. Uh, I think George Harrison did something similar in other Python movies. Uh, I think Life of Brian was partially financed by him as well. Uh, the initial script called for uh, George Harrison songs, I guess, to be distributed throughout the movie. Um, but the only one they ended up using uh, was Dream Away, which is a pretty terrible song. It's really hard to even understand what he says, but they play during <laughs> the closing credits. It's kind of good. It kind of goes back to when I went on my whole 80s spiel about futurology in a sense. Uh, I think 80s music kind of sucks, too, in some aspects. Some aspects, it's fantastic. Uh, but... Um, stuff that goes into the electronica and uh, really tries to experiment and experiment too far. Uh, that is kind of where I put place this category of song. Um, it wasn't terrible because it's, you know, uh, a Beatle George Harrison, but, um, you know, uh, <laughs> it kind of had that futurology 
Yeah, I turned the I turned the movie off immediately. But yeah, nice facts right there, Paps. Anyone else got any final notes here? I think that was it. Let's hear what Stevie had to write in. Let me get that pulled up. The only other thing that I had. Uh, speaking of Game of Thrones, I thought that the bad guys in ancient Greece, I thought their masks looked like something like the Sons of the Harpy would wear. Oh, wow, yeah. Uh, and uh, let me see. I thought it was funny how everyone speaks English, no matter what time. Right? <laughs> so I remember texting you guys, is this supposed to be Napoleon? Because they're like speaking English in the British accent. Like, uh, That's typical. Typical. And... Uh... Agamemnon, Sean Connery, Scottish Greek, uh, a Greek man with the Scottish accent. Yep. Yeah, who'd, who'd have known? Who would have known? Yep. So here we go. Here's uh, what our producer Stevie had to say about the movie. <clears throat> Co-producer Stevie. <clears throat> <clears throat> My hopes for this film were about as high as the Merry Bandits ever stood in their lives. Between Sean Connery going back and forth on accents limited glimpses of John Cleese, and not enough of the hilarious David Warner, parentheses, evil, parentheses, I found myself wanting to transport out of this viewing experience. (laughs) Much like our main character, I was left confused, bewildered, and walked off thinking, what in the hell did I just watch? So that sounds like a yes for Stevie. Uh, Wow, that's a fantastic (laughs) review. I like that. So Stevie's on board. Uh, Yeah, so in case this is your first episode, too, our rating system for movies, uh, we don't have any degrees. We keep it pretty black and white. Yes or no. Yes being, I would recommend you watch this movie. No being, I don't recommend that you watch this movie. Pretty open-ended. Oh, is that how it works? We do have higher education degrees, though. Yeah. Just not a degree to rate this. <laughs> yeah. We don't go beyond three-letter ratings. Uh, we go yes or no. Yeah. Vince, we'll go to you next. Uh, yes or no? Sure. Um, uh, you know, I'm going to have to say no. <clears throat> and just because, just coming from me, me personally, no. If you're like me, if you have the same mindset as me, you do not want to see this movie. Um, but I think, as I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, if, if you grew up in the 80s, perhaps saw this movie as a child, um, it might be a nice trip uh, down memory lane. Um, but uh, this Friday, you're hanging out with a girl or a guy or whatever you like to do, um, and you're thinking about picking a movie, absolutely do not, do not <laughs> pick time for this. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I agree with everything Vince has said. And, I mean, even... I wouldn't even know what reason you would want to choose this movie. Like, it's not like a movie <laughs> hey. you just you just like pop. No, you just like pop in by yourself and watch, or like hang out and watch with a friend or something. Like, you had to have already seen this movie, and you're just going back to watch it if you're trying to watch it again. I mean, kids kids our age or adults our age, they would have no interest trying to watch this movie. So that's three no's, and I think uh, Pappy, our host, how did you feel about it? Uh, I'll go ahead and answer what Mikey said. There, there is no situation where as a 20, uh, how old am I? 26, 25? I don't even know. Uh, you tell 25. me. <laughs> year I old, think you're 25, dude. Year-old man. <laughs> you, you did have your identity stolen. <laughs> would wanna, yeah, would want to sit down and watch this movie. Um, but the time when you would want to watch it is when you're 10 years old, you're fucking staying up past midnight for the first time. You're, you're high on, like, 
chips and like cold meat sandwiches that you're eating and like coked out of your mind on uh, Coke. D yeah. Dr. Pepper. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Coca-Cola. Yeah. One of our future sponsors. Yep. So yeah, is it a, does it hold up? No. Um, but I think what it, if you're a fan of Monty Python, I think you'll have moments that you appreciate. That's I, a good point. Yeah. I, th I think that it was uh, for $5 million, it's impressive what they accomplished. And um, I think it's a quirky piece of cinema that a lot of kids probably won't see. Um, but, you know, if you're, like I said, if you're babysitting a 10 year old and you're trying to figure out something to put on before bed, why and not? smoked a joint yeah. outside. And <laughs> why, why not put on a movie that's about parents dying? So, I'm gonna, <laughs> so no parents, no rules. So I'm going to stick up for the movie. I'm going to be the sole yes. So we're not calling it a spoiled film, um, but definitely a mixed bag of, uh, of reviews there. Without further delay, uh, this week's trivia question could have gone in a lot of different directions, but I think it'll be important that you uh, answer quickly because we could have a, an on-the-nose answer. So you ready? Okay, so is it we just answer as soon as we have a, an answer to it? We'll let uh, Mikey go first, and then Vince will submit his answer, and then I'll read Stevie's answer. Um, but just answer quickly, because I, I, I saw this on Reddit, and I think that it was also in the IMDb, so you guys might know this already. But Okay. How tall was Napoleon in inches? Mikey. Oh, fuck. Uh, I don't know, 60 inches? I, I, I don't know. 60? I'm, I can't even 60? do math okay. right now. Yeah. <laughs> 60 inches is a fantastic guess. That's five foot on the nose, right? Uh, uh, yes, it is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we should know how to do multiplication. Um, I'm going to say 61 inches because I believe he's 5'1". So, funny story. Napoleon was actually not short at all. This was a myth propagated by the British government um, to sort of discredit his accomplishments. Napoleon, Those limey bastards. Napoleon sorry was if that's a uh, slur. five foot seven, so sixty-seven inches, and Stevie guessed sixty-five, so he's the winner. Ah! <laughs> well, let, let's put a timeout though. Five seven is somewhat short in today's standard, but I think two hundred so years ago, or whenever Napoleon was even alive, that goes my history right there. Uh, but five seven was probably you know pretty normal. Yeah. But right now, it's still, I would say it's on the shorter end of a man, in America at least. Yeah, Yeah, that'd be a kind of a short girl. I mean, no, that's like average girl, I'd say. American, we're talking American. I think in this movie, the, the actor who played Napoleon was 5'7", but in the film, they refer to him as being 5'1". And he says something yep. like, uh, oh, 5'1's not short, or something like that. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I think, what I got uh, thrown off by. Well, great. Uh, Thanks for listening. A, a couple notes. Uh, if you have a movie you'd like us to suggest, we'll do it. We're hard up for attention. Uh, so we take email suggestions at podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Podcast.spoilers. Podcast.spoilers at gmail.com. I've been saying that wrong. Uh, we take, <laughs> you can tweet No us. wonder we haven't got any emails. That's got to be the reason. That's got to be the reason. That other, that other Gmail account is just getting yeah. lit up. With well, we should claim that real soon. Yeah. Why do people keep emailing us porn titles? I don't understand. <laughs> uh, we, you can tweet at us at spoilerspodcast. That's at S-P-O-I-L-E-R-S-P-D-C-S-T. Uh, and most of all, we take iTunes reviews, too. Um, so signing off from Minneapolis, I'm Pappy. I'm Vinny V in Denver. Have a good one. I'm Mikey from Elkhart. And this Ciao. was Spoilers. <laughs>
go tangents here and there. That's how my brain works sometimes. 